if um, if the Chinese economy hits anything more than choppy waters, financials become um, financials become very impacted by rogue government reaction, and that's just a risk that I think can't be modeled, and it's one that I'd rather avoid. Brock, it's very interesting to talk to you. Thanks very much this morning. That's Brock Silvers, Chief Investment Officer at Kyan Capital. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's let's take a quick look around Asian markets this morning. The SX200 in Australia is up 1% now. Uh, the Nikkei 225 in Japan also up almost 1%. Uh, the Cosby in South Korea rallying up 0.8%. Looks like the Hang Seng is going to add about 250 points at the open. Commodities also rallying this morning. Brent crude oil on the outage of that uh, pipeline across the US is now up over 1% at $69.10 a barrel. And gold is trading at $1,831 an ounce. That's it from me this morning. Do please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Stay tuned for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Mike Rouse. The weather forecast for today, hot with sunny periods. The maximum temperature is going to be about 32 degrees in the urban areas. The outlook is for it to remain hot with sunny periods in the next few days. There will also be a few isolated showers. It's 28 degrees right now, 75% relative humidity. 8.31 and a half. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says the government should consider reducing quarantine requirements for children of fully vaccinated people to boost the inoculation rate. Professor Cowling from the University of Hong Kong told RTHK that despite the capacity to vaccinate up to 50,000 people a day, only around 30,000 were getting a jab. Now that every adult's got the opportunity to be vaccinated, then I think it's really maybe justifiable now to think about vaccine passports to incentivize vaccine uptake. That strategy worked very well in Israel. The other thing we have to think about is policies for children. So, for example, the close contact quarantine or the on-arrival quarantine into Hong Kong, if it was relaxed for vaccinated people, there would still be an issue with their children. If they came with children, the children have to go to quarantine and then the parents have to go anyway. So maybe thinking about relaxing that as well. Last week, the government shortened the quarantine period for vaccinated people with the length of time depending on how close a contact they were to an infected patient or for returnees, whether they arrived from a high-risk country. The restaurant trade says yesterday's Mother's Day celebration was a good day for business with a turnover of about $350 million. Simon Wong, the chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades, told RTHK that this was a drop of 15% from last year, mainly because most eateries could seat only four people per table and had to close at 10pm due to pandemic restrictions. He said those restaurants that had vaccinated staff and could seat up to six people per table and stay open until midnight saw business jumped 10 to 15 percent compared to the same period last year. The business of yesterday has jumped from past weeks a lot and that would also encourage more staff in the catering industry to take the vaccines in future. For the past week we have already seen a lot of staff taking the vaccines because they want to get their job and I would estimate that there are already about 60% of the catering industry staff have already taken the vaccines. 
Scotland's newly re-elected First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, has told the British Prime Minister that the question of a new independence referendum is a matter of when, not if. Scottish voters rejected independence in a referendum seven years ago, but Ms Sturgeon argues another vote is justified because Scotland has been taken out of the European Union against its will. Pamela Nash from the pro-UK campaign organisation Scotland in Union disagrees. For decades now, the SNP have proclaimed Scotland leaving the UK as the answer. And I think what's very clear, Scotland is split. It's split down the middle. And another referendum anytime soon is not going to resolve that. It didn't resolve it in 2014 and it's not going to resolve it now. We need to be pulling our country together again and uniting. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverson, your co-host today's Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. COVID-19 developments again today. And should Trump stay banned from Facebook? The government on Friday announced eased quarantine rules, stating those serving a 21-day quarantine after cases of mutated coronavirus strains were found in their blocks could leave isolation facilities if they tested negative for COVID-19. As the vaccination take-up remains slow, how are we doing in the fight? The survey has found that an overwhelming majority of unvaccinated respondents say they're not motivated to undergo inoculation despite the vaccine bubble initiatives that offer relaxed social distancing rules. More than three quarters also said that they were worried they might not be physically fit to get vaccinated, even though they didn't have any chronic conditions. And after a weekend of Mother's Day celebrations, how are our restaurants doing now? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave uh, comments on our Facebook page. That's Backchat on Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email backchat at rthk.hk or you can call us. And the number is 233 88266. 233 88266. And after 9.15, we're going to be talking about uh, former US President Donald Trump's Facebook ban. Their uh, oversight board has upheld the indefinite suspension of Trump from the platform. Uh, is that fair? We're going to be talking later to uh, Chris Xline uh, on that issue. Once again, our email is backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, we're, t- we're going to be talking to uh, our guests in uh, just a moment. Uh, quite a few uh, interesting uh, emails related to uh, our earlier discussion, and particularly that on Friday when we had uh, Benjamin Cowling. Um, let's see... Paul says, I have great sympathy with those, I think, I don't think I read this out, apologies if I did, have great sympathy with those sent to Penny's Bay, when will that reach capacity? Being in a quarantine hotel at the moment, I'm more concerned about infections here, both COVID and others, having to contend with sewage coming back into my shower, amongst other joys, in the designated hotel for UK returnees on the two charter flights. My advice, pay more if you can for hopefully a better 21-day experience or shorter time before the vaccinated. Uh, Anthony says, Ben Cowling has made more appearances on RTHK this year than Uncle Ray. Uncle Benjamin Cowling, future radio legend in the making, question mark. Stay tuned. How it comes uh, from Anthony. Of course, Uncle Ray is having his uh, final week uh, on air this week uh, as well, by the way. Uh, Lewis says, uh, on f- for Friday's programme, I just wanted, thought I wanted to say that today's programme was excellent. Good discussion, loaded with interesting facts. You even let Mike have his daily conspiracy theory. Uh, Professor Cowling is really informative and interesting. I just wish the government 
can have someone like him among their numbers. The points raised by many contributors will be very valid. Plainly, Carrie and the Cretins need to give some leeway to some to fully vaccinated people to encourage vac- uptake of vaccinations. It's not rocket science. Finally, the figures regarding the lack of efficacy of the Sinovac vaccine, which I have taken, are now beginning to worry me. Keep up the good work. That comes from Lewis. Uh, Mike says on Dr Cowling, aren't his explanations on why one country's results are different from another sounding like Monday morning football commentators, where they take the results and create a narrative? Sounds like it. This was this was the discussion of... Uh, uh, the uh, rates uh, in uh, Chile. Uh, Martin says, how does Professor Cowling and Backchat explain the drop in infection rates? And has a story there. Backchat doesn't explain things. Uh, Herman says, on Friday's Backchat, your guest mentioned Chile's very high rates of infection, despite the introduction of the Sinovac vaccine, alluding to that vaccine's ineffectiveness. Perhaps your guest should check his facts. Chile's infection rate has fallen 54% since its peak. Moreover, this guest on past occasions has consistently promoted the alternative to the Sinovac product, glossing over the fact the biotech uh, vaccine was released under emergency authorization and bypassed the usual set of checks and balances new drugs must go through. Added to that, its incorporation of a new technology whose long-term effects are unproven mean the BioNTech vaccine's safety is not a given. Next time you have Professor Cowling on, make sure he honors honestly addresses the question of longer-term safety of mRNA technology, gets his facts right and stops feeling his way around. That's from Herman. Jeremy says, thank you for the very constructive and interesting discussion about the government's COVID-19 responses on your show. Uh, Professor Cowling injected a lot of factual and reassuring information about the virus, its mutations, vaccines, testing, building lockdowns and quarantine camps. He made the very sensible point that the government's measures should be balanced and risk proportionate. I hope the government was listening. This should be no need to quarantine the occupants of a whole building because of one proved case, particularly when persons have been vaccinated or have had no close contact with the infected person. Uh, Thank you for hosting such a great show. It made a huge difference to the negative and misleading diatribe frequently spouted about the national security law and perceived threats to press freedom. Get over it already. Tell Steve Vines to wake up and smell the coffee. Hong Kong is a great place to live freely and enjoy the benefits of hard work. We don't need his constant moaning to trick us into believing otherwise. That is from um, Jeremy. Uh, We've got a couple more. Maybe we'll we'll get to those uh, in in a moment. We're joined now by uh, Dr Alvin Chan co-chair of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases of the Hong Kong Medical Association, also a paediatrician, and uh, Howie Wong, who's uh, vice-chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades. Once again, our email is backchat at rthk.hk. Dr Chan, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Good morning, Mike. Good to talk to you again. So we saw at the end of uh, last week some relaxation of the of the quarantine uh, measures, uh, some advantage given to people who have had uh, vaccinations. Uh, do you think that's the the right approach, uh, or do you think we should be more ca- cautious given the uh, the uncertainties associated with the new strains? Yes, <clears throat> I would say that is an expected when the government want to revive the economy. But however, of course, uh, that would sacrifice the uh, prudence and uh, the precautions of uh, um, checking the border uh, so that there would be uh, responsible quarantining and uh, testing. It's very important because every time for the four waves in Hong Kong, 
all were due to admission of uh, overseas people with the um, mutated uh, variants. Uh, just like last time, uh, the D614G, or then the Nepali, uh, and then the uh, Filipino uh, mutant variants. This time, it's quite an ominous sign that, in fact, um, the, um, uh, the the the, the uh, Indian person and then his girlfriend from the Philippines, they had got the uh, mutant gene from the South America. That is a B1351, uh, uh, and uh, it has spread in the community um, because of the delay in detecting and discovering of their uh, contact tracing. So I think, um, again, now India, Brazil, uh, Philippines, and Nepal have been exploding in their a pandemic and epidemic um, uh, spread and the, even the mortality there, mortality. So we must be uh, cautious. Right. And uh, so at the border, I think um, reducing the regulations uh, requirement uh, without blood taking for the mm. antibody uh, could be a loophole right. that Do- the mutant Do- enter Do- Hong Kong. Dr. Chen, why don't we just vaccinate everyone who comes in? Uh, that is too late uh, because you take um, two doses and uh, 14 days at least after the second dose right. of the current two vaccines to become... Uh, so you vaccinate them at the airport, you then keep them in a quarantine hotel, and at the end of the relevant period, you right. give them the second injection. What would be wrong uh, with that? First, yeah, yeah, that is a very good idea that you have to um, keep them in the hotel for 21 days. Uh, for the second dose, and then 14 days after the second dose of BioNTech. For Sinovac, it's even longer, for 28 days for the second dose, and then 14 days after the second dose. And also, because uh, even with vaccination, it's not 100% proof. With vaccination in a coronavirus, it's only about over 50% uh, for the general um, right. uh, protection. And for even for BioNTech, it's only 94% overall protection. And then only 75% protection for the South African variant. For the Indian variant, it's even less predictive for the protection. But so it's need... not 100% protection. But then it's, it's uh, reasonable, of course. Then. But your, we, your... we need much faster vaccination rates. Uh, that is true for the herd immunity in Hong Kong. And uh, for, but for people coming into Hong Kong, such mandatory vaccination would also be a trap for the people all over the world to say that Hong Kong had no choice. Huh? Hong Kong could not have a choice to vaccinate or not uh, at entry in the airport. Yes, that's right. So that well, is also something if, they consider. If you, have a high, if you have a high risk of being uh, infected, we don't want you. What, what's, so, what's so terrible about that? Of course. That, that is, in fact, the basic uh, foundation of the control at the border. If they are coming from the super high-risk uh, places, we don't let them in at all. That is true. And then from, um, from all the other places, we need the 21 days quarantine at the hotel currently. Right. And, and then now they are relaxing this. I agree with you, of course, the government could impose 
such uh, regulations of uh, mandatory um, vaccination, but I think they are considering about uh, various things and, about well, the, and the longer the, uh, the, longer, we, the longer we delay getting herd immunity, the more opportunity for the virus to mutate, and there will be more and more variants. In, that in is future. very true. That is very true because uh, the mutants will have the chance to mutate further when they have a lot of replications in Hong Kong. And without herd immunity, and if the uh, vaccines are not that effective against especially the variants, they have the chances to multiply further in Hong Kong and then the chance to get the further mutation. Uh, but now, now we already have the headache facing the already mutated variants in the various places like uh, India, Brazil, Philippines, and uh, even the Nepal. For sooner or later, they will have new mutants from Nepal as well. Okay. I, I agree with you. That is one way to deal with it. Okay, we're also joined, as I say, by uh, Howie Wong, Vice Chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades. Good morning to you, Mr Wong. Hi, good morning. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. So how was business yesterday uh, on Mother's Day? How, uh, that's a kind of a, an indicator, isn't it, of uh, how the restaurant trade is doing? How was it? Uh, well, relatively, I mean, it was much better than, you know, the previous weekends. Um, I mean, I think roughly it was around 350 million overall in the, indus- in the industry. So, uh, you, you know, it's it uh, very much welcome business. Uh, although I think it was still a drop from last year, which was around 400 million. But uh, overall, I think we see um, in Chinese-style restaurants or uh, even Western restaurants, it's you know, you saw a lot of people coming out for Mother's Day because, um, you know, it's a celebration that we, everyone wants to come out for. Although majority of the restaurants still, um, you know, are only doing uh, four people per table. Do you think, uh, good morning, do you think there are too many... Come on, come on. Do you think there are too many of these grades, A, B, C, D? Is it too complicated for the restaurant trade? Yeah, it is. I mean, honestly, um, I mean, I, I understand the government's point of view, but um, for a lot of the restaurants, uh, you know, the majority is uh, in type B, so uh, maintaining in the four people per table. Um, and, you know, there may be only around 300 or so restaurants in type C, so going to six per table. And going to type D, um, I'm not even sure how many restaurants are in type D. So um, it, it's very confusing for a lot of the restaurants, especially um when some restaurants don't have the capacity to, uh, you know, have different sections for, you know, different uh, sections. And also there are some, you know, restaurants that have prob- um, have some problems, you know, working out with the staff in getting well vaccinated in order to, you know, go to type C or even type D. Would it be easier if we, if we trimmed it down? You, if you haven't got the vaccinated staff, you close at 6. If you want to go past 6 p.m., Everyone has to be vaccinated. Um, I think it's definitely, uh, you know, one way to, you know, go forward. Um, but, you know, the, in the industry, we also do meet a lot of, uh, you know, barriers with a lot of the staff having um, complications, you know, getting vaccines. So it could be in terms of uh, health complications or, you know, for some whatever reason that they may not want to get vaccinated either. So, um, but I mean, in terms of the industry itself, we want to make sure that, you know, all of the staff that are serving all our guests are well vaccinated so that, you know, guests, guests can feel safe in our restaurants. Sure, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, what's the, what's the take-up like? Are, are, do you find, are you finding staff are, are generally getting vaccinated or are they reluctant or what's the pattern like? Well, the majority...
majority of the staff are are okay to get vaccinated, but mm-hmm. um, you know, with a lot of our members, um, uh, we see only around you know sixty percent or so uh, that are willing willingly to get vaccinated. So there are still uh, others that um, maybe that are also that also want to get vaccinated, but also because of health reasons, um, um, uh, they aren't able to get vaccinated, or they are not able to find. Um, uh, doctors that are willing to give them, you know, the doctor's note to say that, you know, they are they can be exempt. Hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, well, we've got a caller on the line now, Tony. Tony, good morning. Hello. Um, Hi. I'm, hello. Um, I'm against uh, forcing people people to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I am tell you why. Um, before we had SARS, we had SARS before, and we got like the SARS. There's no vaccination for SARS. Yeah. Uh, we wore masks and we, we, we managed to get rid of SARS. Yeah, so why why should we be forced to take vac- vaccination now? Especially when we know the side effects. I hear of people having headaches and and chest problems and stuff like that. This, these are actually facts, you know. So why should we be forced to be vaccinated? Yeah. So, of okay, course, t- Tony, stay, stay there, yeah. Dr. Dr. Chan, what, what would you say to Tony? Do you agree with him? Yes, I... I don't agree with uh, Tony. First of all, that SARS is the, you know, is the original coronavirus that time attacking people uh, in 2003. But that virus is very virulent. So it killed many people affected, infected by the virus at that time. So that it had uh, killed itself at the end of the day when the host had already died very soon. But now this coronavirus had mutated so effectively that they stay with many of the infected people who don't die. And that's why they are spreading a lot with the transmissibility. Now, but the problem is it did kill people. Many people were killed by this new uh, coronavirus. In fact, there were scientific proof that uh, many people killed by the um, this uh, a new coronavirus has the uh, so-called cytokine storm, that is the hyper-inflammatory response in the body due to disorder in the uh, immune system. The hyper-immune response will kill the people by different causes, especially the vasculitis, that is abnormal clotting in the blood vessels. And many studies have proved that autopsies of people killed by um, uh, the the coronavirus had the pathological changes in different organs with the uh, presence of the uh, new coronavirus and then uh, the subsequent uh, pathological changes that killed the people uh, with the autopsy done. So I think the virulence, uh, the deadly deadliness of this virus is uh, proven scientifically, and that's why we have to protect it. Uh, You can see that uh, even in USA, in India, uh, even in many places with the uh, uh, severe pandemic, like even in UK, people were killed by um, the the, the, um, virus in a massive scale. And that's why all these countries have to have the uh, vaccination program uh, initiated um, in a mass level. Okay. Uh, t- and sorry. I think that is the answer. Right. Thank you. T- Tony, do you want to say anything? Yeah. Um, okay. You say in India, USA, um, all these people died. 
I think they died because they're not willing to wear masks. You know, we we all see it on the news. We this, this is a fact. They they will not wear masks. This is why they died. Yes, uh, I I understand that uh, people in the West uh, very often don't like to wear a mask, and that really aggravates the situation. But even with um, masks on, uh, the the virus could spread because there's both air droplet spread as well as uh, spread by aerosol or transmis through transmission through air. And uh, so mask is not uh, 100% proof as well. And also many people have faulty way, uh, defaulted way of putting on the mask. And also uh, I think uh, we are putting on the surgical mask which could only to give you about a 70% protection. And I think it, it, has, it has to be a combined way of uh, protection because this virus is quite horrible. And uh, I understand that um, uh, many people don't like to have vaccination, but then and also fear that there could be side effects or uh, long-term effects of these vaccines. But then um, I, I guess um, we have to make a choice uh, whether to have the benefit over the risk of this vaccine. Okay. And so far, that's why it is still, uh, well, a voluntary uh, vaccination everywhere in the world, not a mandatory right. one. Tony, do you want to get last word? Okay, well, okay, let's face the facts. Hong Kong has had no cases the last few days, and we have low vaccination, okay? Most of us, I can always say, 99% of us will wear masks, right? So obviously, masks are working. Masks is working better than vaccination. As I said before, oh. mm. go on. I understand. I understand your uh, uh, reasoning. And in fact, uh, that's why Hong Kong has been relatively successful as compared to the West. And uh, however, I think it is very, very... Um, um, detrimental to the um, to the economy, to the life uh, in Hong Kong, because we have to have the social distancing. We have to have all the rules to have uh, limitation regulation on the uh, dining and social activities, and uh, many people uh, living um, in a very unacceptable uh, state in Hong Kong now because we have those uh, severe rules. But after vaccination, like in Israel and in UK, you can see that this is a U-turn shape of control, that all those uh, originally very serious infection in Israel, especially, you can, and also in UK, you can see that the control gives a new hope at the end of the tunnel right. to all the people there. I think it is important for us to go out of this body of uh, death. Okay, T T well. Tony, do you want the last, last word? <laughs> Okay. Vaccination don't stop the spread, um, don't stop you from catching the virus, okay? So even the yes. restriction of, for vaccination people can be dangerous. 
Okay. All right, Tony, many, many thanks for your call. Our number is 233 It's very good to, to hear from you. Uh, Mr. Wong, uh, just got a couple of minutes left before, before the news. Sure. Um, um, how is the restaurant trade in general doing? I'm just, I was just curious. I, I, I don't know. My impression is that, that not that many restaurants and bars have actually closed, although there's been severe disruption to business for you know, well over a year now. Um, you know, what's, what's the state of the, of the restaurant trade at the moment? There's a lot of uh, restaurants that have closed, and there have been other restaurants that have uh, opened in maybe other you know areas of uh, Hong Kong, mainly because um, lower rents and and you know it's just easier to do business in that way. But um, you know the majority of uh, especially Chinese style restaurants, um, which do a lot of uh, banqueting, um, you know. As a Chinese family, you know, you usually like to eat uh, in, you know, uh, you know, numbers of, you know, eight or ten people, you know, large families. And uh, it's very difficult for, uh, you know, Chinese-style uh, restaurants to operate because it's just impossible to have, you know, a family gatherings together. Um, you know, and uh, it, it may be a little bit easier for uh, Western-type-style restaurants with uh, smaller uh, numbers of people per table. Um, but you also see that... Um, everyone's uh, lifestyle has changed so that um, normally now for dinner um, it's only one turnover and it's really hard to pay rent uh, just doing one turnover for dinner uh, as people go home quite early nowadays. Yeah, uh, it, it seems harder, but are there actually people going out of business? Are there actually restaurants closing? Um, no, there, there. I think in the first, um, you know, quarter of the year, uh, there were more restaurants closing, uh, especially around the Chinese New Year time. Um, now we see that uh, because there are some uh, policies allowing, um, you know, restaurants mm. to, you know, uh, do business, um, it, it does help. I mean, it it doesn't. Uh, it helps pay the bills basically, and it, I mean, it may not really help. Uh, the restaurants in terms of actually, uh, you know, making uh, good money. But, uh, you know, it, it does help keep people, you know, working. And I think right now uh, in the F&B industry, we want to make, you know, uh, make sure that, you know, all the staff are able to work, uh, employers are able, you know, to pay, pay the bills and, you know, keep the industry running is, is what's important right now. Okay, well, Howie Wong, many thanks for joining us. Uh, Vice Chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of Restaurants and uh, Related Trades, Dr. Chan, uh, will stay with us. Uh, we're still uh, talking about aspects of uh, COVID. We're going to be talking later about uh, Donald Trump. Remember him? Uh, still banned from Facebook uh, indefinitely. Uh, is that right? We'll be talking to Chris Eckstein uh, on that uh, issue around 9.15 uh, this morning. We want to hear from you, as ever. Uh, drop us a line. Back to rthk.hk. The weather, hot with sunny periods. Temperatures up to about... 32 degrees, bit warmer in the new territories. 28 degrees at the moment. Relative humidity is at 73%. Any state media following a sharp increase in coronavirus cases in Nepal. But critics have questioned how the line would be enforced as the summit of Everest is about the size of a dining table. A small team of Tibetan climbing guides will ascend the mountain to set up the divide, but it's unclear whether they will stay to enforce the separation in the world's highest spot. More than 30 sick people had to be evacuated from the foot of Mount Everest this weekend. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
Welcome back. This is Backchat on a Monday morning with Mike Rouse and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about uh, aspects of uh, COVID-19 and uh, later we're going to be asking whether Trump should stay banned from Facebook. We want to hear from you. Backchat at rthk.hk. James says, COVID again and Trump. Talk about the use of social media in the context of Hong Kong and the national security law. Trump, really? Please explain who decides the topic for Backchat now. That's me. Please become more relevant before you will disappear anyway in November this year. Other dull and safe topics for your consideration. The melting of fjords in Scandinavia. What will poor little Mike Rouse do to supplement his government pension after backchat? China grain production quotas. And why does Carrie Lam look so young wearing beige? I wish I could be more optimistic. That comes uh, from James. <laughs> Thanks very much indeed, James. I think the thing is, James, people are very interested in COVID. And we get, we get many, many uh, emails, uh, more than we can handle uh, when, whenever we, we talk about aspects of covid uh but um yeah i note your point and we will we will be talking about uh, political issues uh later uh mt says the anti to all things government sorry the anti to all things government attitude has spilt over from the disturbances the pandems who claim to speak for hong kong need to come out publicly and state to be vaccinated is good for hong kong or so are they so blinkered that they will stay silent that comes uh, from mt uh, well, many of them are in prison and many of them we, we can't uh, interview. Most of the leaders, we simply not allowed to interview anymore, MT. I don't know if that's uh, staying silent. Um, Karen, in an email, says, the government focus really needs to be on educating people to get vaccinated. After posting a pro-vaccine meme on Facebook, these were some of the responses I got. From a friend who has recently been to hospital and who asked the nurses if they had been vaccinated, he was told that many doctors and nurses don't trust the new technology of the BioNTech and don't want to take Sinovac. Uh, two teachers at a friend's school were told not to take the vaccine by their doctor who had wa- advised waiting for better versions to come out. My helper was told that BioNTech gives you brain damage. Brackets, a common rumour on Llama. Uh, the employer of a friend of hers cancelled the helper's vaccination because of this rumour, even though the helper employee wanted to get vaccinated. My helper and I fact-checked this together, and of course it proved to be false. So she now has some facts of her friends who have been frightened by this rumour. Thankfully, a number of her friends have been reassured to book their BioNTech as a result of our fact-checking. However, there is a limited amount of convincing and education that we as individuals can do against the of misinformation out there. How about the government creates outreach stations in different areas of Hong Kong with publication, public education and leaflets, stroke videos, stroke stalls, etc. to ensure, inform people about the benefits of vaccination. It might help if there was a face-to-face person, a person scared people could talk to. Uh, also, face-to-face person scared people could talk could speak to sorry also more carrots for those who are vaccinated would help finally a big thank you to professor cowling his clear and easy to understand answers have been a big help in my ability to understand and in turn educate others about the importance of vaccination that's from uh, karen and uh, john says this is an excellent article in today's south china morning post um it's with the headline uh the west races back travel zero covid economies hong kong it suggests a good topic for back chat discussion sometime next week is hong kong at risk of becoming a hermit kingdom personally i am partial to bruzzoni's view and i bet mike rouse will like this too quote roberto bruzzoni co-director of the hong kong u pastor research poll 
in Hong Kong said it was incumbent on authorities to take action to move society outside of a paralysis that's been brought on by the idea that we can keep this virus out of the door forever. From a public health point of view, you get a vaccine precisely so you can go on with your life, being a much reduced risk to all the rest of the community, unquote, Brizzoni said, who expressed a preference for the looser approach to borders being taken in the US and Europe. Brizzoni said questions such as when to reopen borders were political and societal decisions, not matters of science, and criticised authorities for delegating policy to scientists who, by definition, will be risk-averse because they don't want the decisions to be taken under their responsibility. That uh, is from uh, John. Thanks very much indeed for that. Uh, Emrys says, Labour MP and later founder of the Social Democratic Party, Shirley Williams, to speak more authoritatively on the state of women's prisons in the UK, persuaded the authorities to send her to Holloway Women's Prison. Identity unknown. Maybe those in government in Hong Kong should follow her lead to appreciate the full extent of spending 21 days guaranteed in Penny's Bay or even queue for hours to get tested. That uh, is, uh, say, from uh, Emery's. Thank you very much indeed for that. Back chat at rthk.hk. Some more comments. Um... Uh, Matthew says, sounds like the backchat patriotic new listener cadre have been instructed to go after Professor Benjamin Cowling this morning. Perhaps there may even be a Cultural Revolution-style banner denouncing him like the ones that recently appeared attacking Bar Association Chairman Paul Harris and backchat Person of the Year nominee Nabella Cossa. Uh, By the way, I didn't hear my email read out out on Friday. Apologies if I missed it. Yeah, I was just going to put that in later. Thanks for that, uh, Matthew. Uh, Mike says, Dr. Chan and Mike Rouse figures and comments are amazing, if not completely ridiculous. These two are in a complete bubble. Mike, who didn't want to wear a mask last year, reminds me of some of my ex-smoker friends who used to smoke three packs a day and now flip out when someone smokes in the street. Mike, vaccines, absolute risk reduction is in the single digits, less than 10%. Ask Dr. Cowling. That's not conspiracy. That's factual. Absolute risk reduction. Understand the scientific language, please. That's uh, from Mike. And uh, Eve says, uh, Hugh, you may have noticed the side effects of the second hand dose first hand one so why doesn't the government allow automatic sick leave for the day following your vaccination no doctor certificate required uh, second if any person dies within two months of vaccination they should be covered under labor compensation ordinance you can't make it mandatory without thinking of the participants livelihood that's uh, from eve once again uh, backchat at rthk.hk uh, is our email address oh some comments on facebook james says how many of the recent arrivals with the mutant strain have been vaccinated any government numbers on that? And uh, Lowe says it seems uh, Hong Kongers do not want inoculation. The vaccine can be sent to other countries. Uh, joining us is uh, Dr. Alvin Chan, who's a, a, a paediatrician. Uh, Dr. Chan, how yes. would you get more people to get vaccinated in Hong Kong? I think education is the, the most important. And then uh, demonstration by good examples and models uh, is also very important. So I highly recommend that uh, Patrick Nip and Sophia Chan and even Zhang Jong, uh, the chief secretary, they, they should ask uh, Hugh and Mike to come out to set out as a good example that you too both have already have the, the vaccinations and uh, nothing serious, nothing um, damaging uh, is occurring. And uh, I think 
so many foreign workers in Hong Kong and domestic helpers and other uh, careers, they are in Hong Kong. And many of us uh, working here, um, local or um, foreigners, Guaylos, uh, they are very, very uh, suspicious and uh, they uh, doubt and uh, hesitant. Uh, this vaccine hesitancy needs somebody to come out I think, okay. to help well, them I, to overcome their hesitancy. All right, well, a common, so you two are very good examples. All right, but a common thread, I think, in a lot of people who, who, are, uh, who are worried, and perhaps suggested by that most recent survey, is health concerns. People are worried about the side effects. That seems to be a, a, a major determining factor. Uh, how would you uh, address that? And also, is, it's true, isn't it, that many doctors uh, are not getting vaccinated. The take-up rate among doctors and healthcare workers is not very great. So, you know, why um, people say, well, if the doctors don't take it, why should I take it? Well, I think um, in Hong Kong, um, as far as I know, many representatives in the uh, medical profession had already got the vaccination, like uh, Professor Yun Guangyong. And as far as I know, even the president of Hong Kong Medical Association, Gabriel Choi, is going to have the vaccination very soon, uh, together with uh, the accompaniment of uh, uh, Patrick Nip. And so I, I think um, one factor to concern is if there is really some uh, uh, um, uh, effects of the vaccination, you will have, that is, if you have the antibody coming out into your, uh, into your immune system due to the vaccination, you will develop some reactions like fever, muscle pain, fatigue, or even uh, sometimes very tired, uh, say. Uh, so uh, more than 50% uh, from uh, the uh, vaccinees of uh, BioNTech and about 10% of the vaccinees uh, of CoronaVac. So we need to take turns for the medical and health uh, workers to get the vaccination. If everybody got the vaccinations all at the same time, the workforce might be affected because some people need to take a day of leave after the vaccination, especially the second dose of the BioNTech, although many didn't have any uh, so-called adverse effect, but a few does have. So we need to take turn for those uh, health workers to take the vaccinations. And also, especially um, medical doctors do have uh, safety concerns because <clears throat> as um, many um, uh, people who have phoned in had mentioned, of course, there are uh, the adverse effects coming out, but they are at a very low rate, say, for one in a million for the anaphylactic uh, reactions or 10 in a billion for those uh, with anaphylactic uh, attacks and also one in a billion for the blood clots, but then uh, for the AstraZeneca and also sometimes with the Bell palsy. But these are all very transient for the Bell palsy and other uh, so-called side effects. So the risks are, in fact, very low. And, the, the and the, there's not enough comparison with the underlying risks as well. People yeah. do get blood yes, clots exactly. in the in Those, population. Uh, in fact, that's why I always urge the government to give the background data of the incidence of uh, heart attacks and strokes in the general population every year or every day or every month or at the same period from February 26th to date or to, uh, up to April. So you can see that 
the number of deaths after vaccination is even tenfold, uh, I mean, less than the general uh, statistics. That is, much less have died from after vaccinations than those have not got the vaccinations in the population in the past uh, three months. So I think with this general background data, people won't always be bombarded with the news report that somebody had died after 10 days or 20 days after the vaccination. So I, I always urge the government to repeat and repeat these background information mm. every day or every week. Uh, but uh, perhaps they had not done enough uh, in this aspect. Okay. And people are accumulating their impression from from the from the rumors or from the raw data that had uh, been reported in the media that somebody had died uh, one week or two weeks or a few days after vaccination and that is not very scientific in right. the way of reporting sure okay um, a, a lot, lot, lot more comments uh, Kim on uh, Facebook uh, a couple of messages I'll just read one says the government needs to let people know we are safe now, but this is only because of the ridiculously strict quarantine rules and because our border is basically closed. This can't go on indefinitely. To be fair, at present, we do not have a COVID problem because of the measures stated above. As such, most people in Hong Kong feel they don't need the vaccine. This seems rational to them and we can't blame them. I'm going to repeat what I said on Friday. Set deadlines, free vaccines, ready supply, and then we donate what isn't used free quarantine, opening up our border. Make benefits to those who are vaccinated and their children under 16 significant. Simple posters showing non-vaccinated people going straight to quarantine for 14 to 21 days. Forget the complicated ones showing if you're vaccinated, then X, Y uh, or Z. Uh, uh, TC says, currently the Canadian government is charging a fee of up to $2,000 for everyone entering the country on non-essential travel. It's the cost of staying in a quarantine hotel for three days while a COVID test is being conducted. This is the only reason preventing me from returning to Hong Kong to get the BioNTech vaccine. Worse, my province is pushing back all second dose to four months after the first shot. If there's such a shortage in doses in Canada and so many people in Hong Kong are reluctant to get them, the Canadian government should waive that uh, $2,000 dollars fee for people who want to get vaccinated abroad, be it the US, Hong Kong uh, or anywhere. Uh, uh, thank you very much indeed. One more comment. I think this is uh, from Richard who says, is the lack of interest in getting this jab a silent protest by the yellows against the blues? Most of the government officials, etc., who have been jabbed are blue. That's uh, from uh, Richard. Dr Chan, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us once again. Alvin Chan there, who's a, a paediatrician and a co-chair of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases for the Hong Kong Medical Association. Thank you very much indeed. OK, some thoughts on Trump and Facebook. Alan says, there are a couple of issues re-Trump's bans. The first is that it was entirely justified. He broke all the rules repeatedly for years. Anyone else would have been banned years ago. The major reason he won power was using social media to spread lies and inflammatory rhetoric, unfettered by any moderation. When he lost and refused to accept it, he created the big lie that the election had been stolen and motivated his minions to attack the Congress. He should be in Guantanamo, not Mar-a-Lago now. His supporters will say that social media is controlled by radical left-wingers who hate conservatives. This is laughable. They're solely motivated by profit. Zuckerberg, for one, fawned on Trump. To this day, if you look at the Facebook 
Books Top 10 list posted daily on Twitter. Today is 1, Franklin Graham, 2, Ben Shapiro, 3, Ben Shapiro, 4, Dan Bonigno, uh, 5, Ben Shapiro, 6, Ben Shapiro, uh, and so on. Shapiro and uh, Bonigno of far-right nutjobs, Graham an evangelist, no socialist to be found. The US right to freedom of speech does not apply to a privately fund own platform no more than any of us have the right to demand a tv station give us free airtime on demand every day however the concentration of social media into a handful of mega companies is a problem i hate facebook myself but i'm forced to use it to participate in society Backchat forces me to use it to find out what your topic is why don't you use your own website we do we should use our own website and i announce it as well uh the internet is, a, is an open structure there are a million possible ways to interact facebook should not be the first and only way chosen by organizations giving huge power to people with no morals who are happy to allow loathsome political movements and disinformation if they get enough ad clicks that comes uh, from uh alan thanks very much indeed you can always just check check it on facebook you don't have to be uh, a member of facebook to to uh, get that uh, information it's just a widely uh, use platform uh, Jay says people may dislike Trump but the man who did most of the things he said he would and he had a lot of hassle from parasites and many fake news and algorithms against him and now Biden is trying to take the credit for what Donald started and was held up by Biden people and Mike says on Facebook really someone is worried about Zuckerbuck and his prized Facebook after the exposed collusion with the left and the deleting of all things 2020 election fraud and even before that all things hunter biden uh, even though he's under investigation i don't know any conservative or their affiliates that use or take facebook seriously anymore that comes uh, from mike thanks very much indeed for for all those thoughts uh, chris Exline is in our central studio former chair of republicans board chris good morning to you yeah yeah i'm very morning. well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What, do, what do you make of this then so uh, as we uh, as we didn't say in the introduction, uh, the former president, Donald Trump, uh, it has an indefinite ban on Facebook. That's now been extended uh, by the uh, the board that deals with such things, although they have said that the rules are in a bit of a mess. What are your thoughts on that? Is this, uh, you know, cancelling the uh, a free voice? Well, one, I think it's absolutely fantastic. But <clears throat> before I get started, I just want to let James, you've got such a vibrant constituency of uh, contributors. Uh, I, thank goodness I didn't wear beige today, so I, uh, I can be somewhat in fashion. But uh, no, I, I think this whole, this oversight board is just a fantastic fraudulent thing. Um, you know, what you see is the uh, the actions of this past week have exposed this flushly fl funded fig leaf uh, to what it is. And it's made up, you can tell, of former political politicians, uh, former academics, current academics, because they did exactly what they've been trained to do their whole life. They kicked the can down the road. They didn't actually resolve the problem. Uh, they just kicked it down the road. And I think that um, you know anybody that believes that uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, who, like most despots, craves uh, adulation from the people that he mocks, will soon find that that adulation and supplication is like the tide. It comes in and it goes out. So it's, uh, you know, I, I think that it falls back to, to Mark Zuckerberg, and I think that it's, uh, uh, I think it's wrong. I think Donald Trump should have uh, a place on Facebook. Didn't, some people will say he belongs in jail. I, I think a lot of people belong in jail, and a lot of people believe a lot of other people belong in jail. That's why there's a court system. Right. Did, didn't uh, Donald himself have the vaccination in January? Don't know. Wasn't there? Yeah, but but he's sort of kept quiet about that, and now his followers are the most adamant against vaccination. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think that, that that touches on a whole different issue. I mean, you've got 70% of the Republican Party believing that the election was still somehow rigged or illegitimate. Um, but it doesn't, and it, we can, I think that what's truly tragic throughout all of this is the future state of the Republican Party. Um, as long as Donald Trump uh, continues to flirt with the the idea and um, you know the people, uh, this chorus of complicit cowards um, that keep coming down and pay homage to him in, in, in Florida, um, you know the Republican Party is never going to retake the White House. Well, it, it will if it can stop all the uh, black people voting. No. For one, that I think people will be allowed to vote. Um, I think that it won't, the Republican parties won't be able to switch the vote. And you've got to remember that you know there's a very real prospect uh, that the Republican Party could pick up the necessary seats in the House of Representatives to retake that House. Uh, the simple arithmetic of the number of Democrats leaving safe seats and the census. Uh, for those people that don't know, every 10 years, the United States government does a recount of how many people live in the United States states in which areas. And every state or somebody, every 535,000 citizens get a representative in the, uh, in the Congress. So if a state like New York loses people over the past 10 years, then they'll actually lose a state. Whereas a state like Texas actually had so many people move into it over the past two years, 10 years, that they get two additional seats. Right. And so California uses, loses one. Can as well. I yank this back to Facebook before Please. you guys <laughs> drive off in the wrong direction? Yeah. In entirely. Uh, uh, he's also been banned from Twitter, uh, mm -hmm. uh, of course. I mean, this is, a, this is a very kind of strange situation, isn't it? He set up his own website and he puts his own messages uh, on, on that website. I, I, I've looked there. But you think he should be allowed on Facebook? Do you think he should be allowed on Twitter as well? You think that these platforms... Um, do they have the right to decide who goes on them? I mean, they're so important now, aren't they, Facebook and Twitter? I, I think uh, Facebook is so dominant in its, in its area. I look at it more as like a utility uh, than I do as a private company. And, um, you know, so I think that uh, he should be allowed. Okay, yeah, I mean, I understand why you say that. And I think a lot of people kind of make that assumption. But then should it be regulated? Off regulated? Yeah, exactly. I... I it probably – I think it's getting to a point where it will be regulated because how do you reconcile the hypocrisy of on Facebook you have hate Trump with over a million followers and yet the person for whom they hate is not allowed to express or defend himself in that platform? So you've got these, these things that – you know these irreconcilable differences. You have the Taliban has a Facebook page, caliphates. There's over 1,000 uh, Facebook sites with caliphates. Now, I, the president of the United States wasn't for Islamic extremism, but caliphates are. Right. So, yeah, so, so you say there should be some kind of regulation? Well, I, I, that's up for the politicians, not obviously not the oversight board. But I do believe – this is my prediction, if you want a prediction. I think that uh, now that they've, they've kicked it back to Mark Zuckerberg and the, the operating committees of, of Facebook, I can give you 210 million reasons – why, before the end of this six-month waiting period, Mark Zuckerberg is going to say, we're going to re-allow Donald Trump to have a Facebook page with certain conditions or caveats. Didn't the Oversight Board, though, set a deadline? Six months. Six, six months. Yeah. So, yeah, it did kick the can down the road, which is what politicians do all the time. But, but Mike, but at least it said only so far down the road. Yeah, but, you know, the, what I said, you, the 210 million reasons, Yeah. what people don't often realize is that 
Donald Trump over the past four years has, and his campaign has spent 210 million U.S. dollars on Facebook. He's one of their biggest customers. <laughs> Trust me, Facebook's going to find a way uh, to accommodate a customer. Uh, Mike, uh, who is a Trump supporter, a listener, was, was saying there, well, I don't care, basically, uh, and none of my friends care what they do on Facebook. Uh, we've got our own channels now. Uh, do you think he actually speaks for many? I, no, I think that what Facebook is doing, because we've, uh, you know, as I've pointed out with Caliphate and hate Trump, I think what they're doing is they're being a little bit more vindictive. Um, and vendettas are victories that don't last very long. So I would say that this is more personal um, than doing a public service. In fact, I don't think that anyone would believe that Facebook is an oracle of truth. Um, but I do believe that Facebook is doing this more out of a personal vendetta and the belief system of its CEO than it is out of the public interest. I, I thought this was also kind of interesting because it's, it's for some people, it, it typifies um, cancel culture uh, or, you know, an attitude where if people, if you disagree with people, you're going you're gonna to shut them up. Uh, one way or another, and this applies to you know political correctness and woke and and all those kinds of things. Um, it, would you see this in terms of a, is this a, the the prime example of cancel culture that the the, 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 the uh, president, the former president, isn't even allowed to speak? Well, I, I'm not really one that's ever been considered cultured, so I don't know if I can answer that question. But um, I, would, I would say that um, what surprises me the most is six months on after the election and, and almost four months after uh, he left office, he's still extremely relevant. Um, I would have, you know, I, I look back on uh, presidential history, and it's quite a sad indictment that when we need to look at uh, respect and respect for the institution, you go back to Richard Nixon in 1960 who refused to have a recount of the Chicago votes, which would have taken in his favor. So the, to answer your question directly, Trump is still extremely relevant. Um, he still has a platform. And I thought he would have been – I thought he would have faded away uh, by now, but that's not true. All right. Uh, Mike has uh, uh, emailed us and called us as well, as well, actually. He says, complicit cowards, you better explain yourself, dude. Was that – did you refer to uh, – I absolutely what? will explain myself. Yeah. What were dude. you referring to when you I'm, I'm explaining yeah. all of these people in the Republican Party uh -huh. uh, that are refusing to recognize that Donald Trump is not what the Republican Party should be, is, or should stand for. I think we look to you know Liz Cheney. I think we look to President Bush. Uh, I think we look to those people. That's what a Republican Party is. None of these people can actually condone the events of the 6th of January uh, or actually condone that the election was stolen and all this other fraudulent conveyance that they love to dabble in. Biden won the election. Biden has a 54% approval rating. Trump is never above 40%. So if the Republican Party wants to align itself with 40% of the, the popular vote, then they'll never win again, period. I hope okay. that explains it. Dude. Okay. The, <laughs> the complicit cows were people who were going to Mar-a-Lago. Is that right? That's and important. those that yeah. just subscribe to everything okay. that trying to be Trump or more Trump than Trump. Okay. Well, uh, Chris Exline, many thanks for joining us, former chair of Re Republicans Abroad. Uh, thank you very much indeed. All right. Uh, some uh, emails to uh, finish off. Uh, G says, on vaccination and quarantine, until government attempts to understand hesitancy in being vaccinated and worse still labels the attitude as political, there will continue to be hesitancy. If there is a death within a fixed period of vaccination, barring suicide, murder or accident, statistically, what would be the cost of paying out compensation? Where self-protection is concerned, allow 
allow people to decide for themselves. For society as a whole, and in particular economic recovery, it's a pure economic calculation. Surely the cost of government paying compensation must be worth it. That uh, is from uh, G. Uh, and uh, Mike uh, also says $6 trillion into the first 100 days of Biden's rule and more to come. Who do you think is going to foot that bill? You guessed it, the rest of the world. Look closely as to what he's asking other countries to do. Increase taxes on industry. That's uh, from Mike. And Chris says uh, Trump and Facebook absolutely should not be banned for life. As soon as he is in jail, he should immediately be allowed back on social media to keep, up, keep us updated on his rehabilitation experience. That's uh, from uh, Chris. Uh, many thanks for that. Uh, and um, oh, we're going to open the uh, Guaylo can of worms. Uh, Mark <laughs> says, your educated doctor guest, I think that's uh, uh, Dr. Chan, uh, calls expatriates Guaylo. He needs a lesson in manners. Uh, <laughs> would he like it if I referred to him as, and then there are some other uh, epithets applied to oh, Chinese, no. um, really expect a bit more awareness and sensitive from an educated person, uh, says Mark. But then Les happens to say on Facebook, most Guaylos I know have taken the vaccination. It's local people who have not taken it. Your current speaker is clearly uninformed. We need better education, more reassurance <laughs> and clear incentives to lift the current malaise in take-up. Thank you very much indeed for for uh, all the uh, many, many uh, emails and uh, comments and calls. We really stirred up the audience today. As ever. Yeah. Mike, thank you very much indeed. Uh, thanks to uh, producers, Michelle and uh, Yuki. The weather, it's going to be hot today with some sunny periods and temperatures getting up to 32 degrees in the urban areas, a little bit warmer in the new territories, moderate southerly winds. The outlook hot with sunny periods in the next few days and a few... Isolated showers, 28 Celsius now, relative humidity 73%. The Recycling Network is expanding. Not only paper, aluminum cans and plastic bottles can be recycled. Small electrical appliances, regulated waste, electrical and electronic equipment, fluorescent lamps and tubes, rechargeable batteries and glass bottles can be recycled too. Remember to clean your recyclables before recycling. Let's dump less, save more, and recycle more. 934, the news now with Samantha Butler. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says the government should consider reducing quarantine requirements for children of fully vaccinated people to boost the inoculation rate. Professor Cowling from the University of Hong Kong told RTHK that despite the capacity to vaccinate up to 50,000 people a day, only around 30,000 were getting a jab. A top microbiologist says it's lucky the discovery of a more infectious strain of COVID-19 here hasn't led to a major outbreak. Siddharth Sridhar from the University of Hong Kong told RTHK that he believed the situation was now stable, but given the long incubation period of the variant, authorities should continue to monitor the situation. And China is to set up a line of separation on the summit of Mount Everest to prevent the mingling of climbers from Nepal with those from the Tibetan side due to concerns over COVID-19. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. And good morning to you too. How are you doing? Excellent. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for inviting me to your show. Good morning, Good to see you. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew.